I'd, I'd much rather talk about fear than love, just personally. So. <laughs> Welcome to it, and uh, joining me on this fine uh, uh, Tuesday evening is uh, our good pal Danny, who was on uh, two episodes ago. He's becoming a more frequent contributor, which um, we're all we're all glad about. Danny, hey, it's Danny. Uh, joining us again is um, our friend uh, friend Nick. Nick, hello. Nick likes to do goofy voices. <laughs> um and uh uh also joining us uh is our friend uh, uh Steve. Steve, introduce yourself. Good evening. That's Steve. Always always eloquent. Um and never in a funny voice. You, anyway. You know it, bro. Yeah. Uh uh Okay, I just blank for a second. Uh, anyway, um yeah, it's let's uh let's let's go straight into our first segment, which is of course, what are you listening to? Which is a segment where we we talk about the music we've been listening to since the last episode. Uh let's do it. everybody welcome to what are you listening to uh where we talk about the music that we've been listening to over the past week um who would like to start us off i guess i can since i i usually seem to do less <laughs> um okay so one thing uh that i've uh, finally gotten around to listening to has been the uh, portico quartet self-titled hmm. that i guess came out this year uh, and they really liked it uh, a lot. Um, for those who don't know, Portico Quartet, kind of a, a, a jazz, jazzy type uh, ensemble. Um, but I really wouldn't call the album strictly jazz. Uh, I don't know exactly what I'd call it. It's kind of a kind of an interesting sound uh, in that regard. Um, but it has lots of nice saxophone, which is always a plus for me. And it's just uh, a very smooth endeavor overall and uh i like it a lot um anyone else listen a lot 
Yeah, it's one of my favorites of the year so far, actually. Oh, I listened to it once. I'm sure Danny could speak more proficiently on it than I could. I suppose. I, I did write about it, actually, for a, a list I just wrote of my favorite albums of the year so far. It's it's great, I think. Uh, their their previous album was, was more like... I've mentioned it, I think, on the podcast before, actually. It was more like... Um, compositionally, I think it took cues from minimalism uh all of steve reich i think um right and uh this one I, I can hear those cues a little bit as well but i think this one more is like electronic and ambient influence um whereas their previous album didn't really have any electronic aspects to it but this one you know it, it, i think this one travels more along the lines of artists like the cinematic orchestra or i don't know maybe even like jaga jazz just a little bit i don't know if you've heard of any of those but they're like on ninja tune records mm -hmm. um but bands like that, new jazz bands like that, I guess. Um, yeah, some of the reception towards this new album seemed to be a little less positive than the one than that towards their previous album, uh, which I think was a result of, I don't know, the direction change. But I still think it's great. I mean, this may not be as satisfying for like a jazz, um, like purist or jazz like hardhead but i mean i still think it's great especially for people who are into electronic music i think it's a good bridge between electronic music and jazz yeah that's a good point uh definitely uh in just the way the uh the, the sounds are layered uh, and arranged yeah the electronic uh album comparison uh, I, I can definitely hear that i haven't heard yeah. any of their older material yet though although i think i will uh given that i i am liking this a lot yeah you should check out uh isla uh, it's the one that came out in 2009 um okay yeah that one is is pretty great i think i think their musicianship shines even a little more on that one um yeah and the songwriting is is great and yeah it's more it's more of like a jazz record than this one is i think uh, i think right. that one could could get a tag jazz Whereas this one, I wouldn't really call a strict jazz record, but you know, it's still a fresh album and arguably better. It just depends on what you're looking for, I guess. Yeah, I am. I'm down with the jazz, so uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. I, I was planning on yeah. working backwards. Really, uh, Steve, Steve's such a hip cat. He's down with the jazz. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm so hip. I I can't even I can't even stand it. Um. <laughs> So yeah, this Portico, podcast can't even done. handle you. Uh, <laughs> recommended? No, no, it can't. In fact, I'm going to hang up right now. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> bye, everyone. No, I, w I wouldn't do that. I, I know you guys would. Uh, you wouldn't know what to do without me. You just no. be sitting in your chairs, flailing. Um, it wouldn't be wouldn't be a pretty podcast. So I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll stick around for the sake of all. All seven of our listeners. That. <laughs> That's being very generous. Seven of our listeners who are not currently on the podcast. <laughs> right, yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, Portugal Quartet, thumbs up. Uh, let's see. I've also been revisiting uh, Dan Deacon a bit. I forget why, but uh, I felt like listening to him again, so... Uh, Listen to his previous uh, two full-length records, um, Spider-Man of the Rings, and Bromst, or Bromst, 
however that's uh, supposed to be pronounced. And, and I guess he has a new LP coming out in the summer or something, uh, America. Which is, I guess, why I listened to him, because I logged about that, uh, about that track he posted. Logged. Because you love America. Well, that, and that, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Seal Team 6. Woo! Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, Dan Deacon... Uh, the, the quintessential American, as I'm sure you're all, you'll all agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love Spider-Man of the Rings a lot. That's actually one of the first uh, quote-unquote indie records I kind of kind of distinctly remember listening to. I'm not I'm not sure why it uh, has that uh, why it has that uh, sort of recognition in my history, but that's just how it happened. But I really love Spider-Man of the Rings a lot. I think it's fucking crazy and fucking awesome. And Bromst I was a little little bit more lukewarm about when it came out. Uh, my listening to it a couple days ago was the first time touching that record in a very long time. And I did like it a bit better uh, than I did back in 2009, I think. Uh, it, it still kind of has a problem for me. Uh, for every song I really love on it, there's another song that I'm really just kind of meh about, really doesn't do much for me. Uh, but the songs I do like, the songs that are really good on there are really good. And I like that he kind of went, uh, similar to the uh, Portico Quartet discussion we just had, he went into a more minimalist direction with the way he did, he did the arrangements and, uh, and the song structures themselves. Uh, and it was, you know, touted as being, you know, less crazy, more quote-unquote mature than Spider-Man of the Rings. But, I mean, what I really love about Spider-Man of the Rings is just so how uh, unhinged it is. And you have a song like uh, Snake Mistakes, which has this ridiculous slap bass and uh, and a, <laughs> a, a bridge talking about how awesome his dad is. Uh, it, it's like there, there's not really any of that on Bromps, which I kind of missed, but it, it's still an okay record. I just... I just didn't like it as much as, as Spider-Man. You know what's funny about that album is uh, Anthony reviewed it, and he opened the review by saying that someone asked him to review an album he really doesn't like. So he reviewed Bromps, and I think his main complaint was that the mixing, or no, not the mixing, the EQ on the album was completely centered, almost completely centered on the mids and the highs. So... It was just like a real chore to get through it. And he played a clip of it. And, and that was my only time really listening to anything from that particular record. But I guess he, I don't know, he really went in on it <laughs> like pretty hard. But you know, I, yeah. I, 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 I never really listen for that kind of stuff. Or I never really think about that kind of stuff when I'm listening to a record, like a, yeah. the, the mixing so much. Um, mm-hmm. I guess because I don't have too much experience in production or any experience. Um, but yeah, now he mentions it, uh, I can sort of hear that uh, in my memory. And yeah, I, I think that might be why the album is kind of a chore to get through. And uh, some of the songs are just kind of more shrill, or they get yeah, more shrill than they are enjoyable. Because it's kind of what a lot of these songs do, is you get this uh, sort of, you know, he adds on uh, tracks layer by layer until you, essentially you end up with this uh, cacophony of white noise. 
And I guess, yeah, because it's it ends up being mixed so high, it just sort of gets grating on the ears, um, especially yeah. when a very significant portion of the album, that's what it does. And that's also part yeah. of what I didn't like about it is that the uh, progression, the way the songs progressed, uh, although it was different for Dan Deacon, he did kind of the same things in more than one song. Uh, and, and and in a way that was noticeable uh, to me. Yeah. I will be checking uh, those albums out, though, I think, because I haven't listened to either of them all the way through. But yeah, definitely. I'm probably going to. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot before the new one comes out, because I'm going to check out the new one for sure, unless everyone hates it. But... <laughs> yeah, that's a. Uh... That, that track was that was posted on a lot. So I, 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 did, I did enjoy that. I mean, it, it's only like two minutes long, so it's not really a whole lot to uh, to sink your teeth into on there. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, Dan Deacon is still an artist I like, and still you know someone I'm going to check out. But but Spider-Man: The Rings, I think, is required listening for for anybody, even if yeah. even if all it does is piss you off. <laughs> yeah, I like Wham City. That's the that's the track I remember a little bit. Yeah, Wham City is great. That's the epic on the album, I guess. Yep, that's that, that's the eleven plus minute, uh, kind of like a, a summer camp sing along. Yeah. <laughs> I I read a comment somewhere. I, I, this might be a last FM comment, but it's like uh, if you don't finish the song uh, singing along with it, then you're listening to it wrong. <laughs> it was a common something a lot of fact, but it's uh, 100% correct. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else into into Dan Deacon? This seems like sort of your wheelhouse, uh, Nick. No, no, it's not. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Uh, I all I know about Dan Deacon is that one time I heard a little uh, segment about him on NPR and nothing else. It's okay. a crazy well, live show, apparently. I'm down yeah. with that. Yeah, I've heard uh, really yeah biz- bizarre and uh, and wonderful things about his live shows, uh, which pretty much boils down to a lot of sweaty people uh, congregated around the the sweatiness that is Mr. Deegan himself. Um, but it sounds like it could be a it could be a good time, and it'd be something I'd like to I'd like to experience myself one day. But we'll see. Yeah. Agreed. Agree. Um, anything else, Steve? Um, and I, I guess just one more. I don't really want to turn this into another uh, Steve and Danny uh, jerk off fest. Uh, oh. But uh, De- Deltron thirty thirty. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to mention that. My own. <laughs> okay, well, Danny, if you're going to talk about that, I'll I'll, I'll let you do that uh, on on your part. But um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, all right. So, so that's what I've been listening to, aside from some other Japanese shit you don't want to hear about, and pop, etc. I always want to hear. Tell about me, it. oh, <laughs> oh, Steve, tell me you haven't been listening to pop, etc. <laughs> I listen to it. I mean, I mean, I think I'm going to review it, or I, I want to review it. So, I kind of have to listen to it. Why else would you? This is coming from the man who hates the chromatics more than anybody I know. Well, I'm not saying I like it. Okay. I, I'm at no point insinuating that I like this pop etc. album. I'm just um, I'm just confuzzled as to why you would be listening to it in the first place. Why did you give them your clicks? Well, yeah. Why did I Why did I waste my uh, 
why did I waste some of my ratio on what? Your precious uh, bandwidth. Yes, yeah, my <laughs> precious, precious uh, bandwidth. Uh, well, what, one thing, um, one reason, and I think, uh, I mean, I know I'm not alone in this, but uh, probably is a, more of a unique position, is that I haven't listened to the morning benders at all. So I'm kind of going into this project with sort of no preconceived notions of how it should sound. Because uh, I know nothing of the Morning Benders. I mean, I I guess they were at at one time a a thing which was enjoyed by people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just... I think you might be mistaken there. I enjoyed well, them. Okay. They're they're pretty they're pretty like 2010 buzzworthy, right? Yeah. 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 Well, that's I, mean, what I, I don't like, know. For wash guitar kind of thing, yeah. So, I always thought of them more in the sort of class of like, I don't know, like the Arctic Monkeys, I guess. I don't know, and then in that sort of area. Am I wrong in thinking that? I always thought of it as like real estate. Yeah, you I know? can maybe see that. Yeah, like like beach guitar pop kind of stuff. Mm. Was it was it was it notably beachy? I mean, I've only listened to one like one of their songs, so I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I listened to, I've listened to like four, so. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so Nick, but Nick is the expert here. Oh. <laughs> nice. Oh. One person on ROAM says this might be how Vampire Weekend would sound if they'd be taking more drugs than they usually do. <laughs> than they usually. Than they usually do. That's funny. <laughs> that. See what see what they did there with their with their adverbs. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, so it's one reason I listen to it. Um, you know, it, it, it was just kind of you know out of curiosity, and I I think it I think it'll be a good jumping off point for talking about other things uh, about music <laughs> that, that that I like to talk about. You know, it, it it'll probably end up turning to the kind of review where it's less of a review and more a uh, an excuse to for or an excuse for the author to lay out his own agenda. Uh, as is as is want to happen on sites like Pitchfork and so on. Mm-hmm. So 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 it might turn into something I glad because I don't give a fuck. Uh, no one's paying me for this. But um, it never yeah, will be. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so yeah, we'll see we'll see what that uh, turns into. But um, yeah, pop cetera. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 pop music for some some generation. <laughs> and that album cover, it's fantastic. Yeah, is it like... album cover or is it? Honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm googling no, I'm, it now. I'm being it's, sarcastic. Pretty much, it's pretty much words, or, yeah. or it's not 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 just words, genre words, on a on a on a background that is black, and the. He thought maybe sans serif. I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh Jesus! Uh, I hope it's not. Uh, That's the dumbest uh, thing I've know. ever seen. I'll, I'll know what to tell you, man. <laughs> you just annoyed. Oh my god! That makes me angry. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, the, the other. I, th- I think the other reason I want to review Pop etc. is that the uh, build up to it has been so polarizing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you have 
people like like yourselves who um are uh, not the biggest fans of, of of what it seems to be doing, and then you have other people being like, "Shut up! It's it's music. You're just just enjoy it. Stop stop being such a whiner about it. I mean, it's just pop music. I mean, God, what's your what's your issue?" They go like that. Is that what they go like? That's exactly what they go like. I'll, I'll have I, I've, read, I've read I've read posts on the internet, and that is that is what they sound like. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a chance too. I'm curious to just form an opinion on it. Also, being someone who's not familiar with the Morning Benders, you know, but everyone keeps comparing it to Boys to Men. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Everyone keeps comparing yeah. this uh, pop Center album to Boys to Men. As, 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 it's very, it's very R and B. Is this the same Boys to Men I'm thinking of? Yeah, it yes. definitely is. I, I heard one song off the album, and it actually, I, I, I got where they were coming from with that comparison. That's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just still staring at this album cover, and it's just enraging <laughs> me even further. It's, I've seen worse, you know, at least I've seen worse album covers than that. It's not, it's, it's, not a, it's definitely not a good album cover, but it's not the worst I've ever seen. This is, this is a view that's, um, I'll admit, lifted from a, a, a radio host I like, but, alright, if you're a band who is at least talented enough and popular enough to be able to create an album, like to have a record label pay for copies of this to be printed and sold, your album name and cover and just general like the state of that physical object that is your album should be not based on a stupid pun the the example he used <laughs> was enema of the state by blink 182 and i think it goes albeit less um uh less uh intensely uh for this because it, it is a stupid pun which is making this album cover and that's why i think it's making me so angry um nicholas what have you been listening to this week? What have I been listening to this week? Well, um, not much from the last time we did it in like, like about what about a week ago? Um, yeah. But um, there was there were some things then that I did not say um, because we were all up on the um, all up on the claims and the um, and the so on and so forth. Um, Something that I did not say, um, the Drive soundtrack. I've been liking the soundtrack to the movie Drive. You see that movie still. Me too. Yeah, you do. Yeah, well, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Well, I'm I'm pretty behind on movies, so that one's one's going to be on my list. Check out. Uh, That's not an excuse, because I'm really behind on movies, and even I've seen that. (laughs) So. <laughs> well, you know, and also the theater, the the theaters around me, um, weren't really. Oh wait, never mind. No, some of the theaters around me weren't really playing it, and then some of them were, but I just kind of got there too late. I don't know. It was just a. I wasn't really watching many movies last year, so oh, I don't have. Fair enough, sense. neither was I. Yeah, but, it, but yeah, yeah, see it ASAP. It I, is true it that really some would, of the, yeah. Give me, I give it a perfect ten. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Anyway, continue. You were saying something and I interrupted. Oh no, it's okay. I was just I was just saying that a lot of the, the, the best movies aren't played in the popular theaters for some reason. 
Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but the artist, I, which I still haven't seen as well, but that wasn't played in a lot of theaters around me until it won the Oscar. Uh, <laughs> Same. I haven't seen the, uh, the artist yet either. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's good, but there's only so much Oscar bait I can take. And kind of just haven't been in the mood for that. It was yeah. great. I thought. Yeah, I feel bad because yeah, I consider myself you know fairly well well versed in you know like music. You know, I, I know a decent amount about it, but I only watch like old monster movies. Like I don't <laughs> watch any movies that have any sort of artistic re- redeeming values to them at all. I just watch <laughs> movies, and uh, I, I feel ashamed because of it. Well, you know, there's only so much there's only so much culture. I, I think you can you can handle. Yeah, you just, it, you just got to find your uh, your way in which it is distributed, and and your person. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and besides the Drive soundtrack, I've also been listening to the new singles, the new single from Ariel Pink. Oh yeah, and he's oh I haven't heard it. Pretty solid. I, 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 yeah, it's taken a run for the song of the year so far. Oh really? I'm loving it. Wow! I'm the hell out of it. I like that guy a lot. Yeah. And it's quite soulful this new track. Mm. I mean, I know it's a cover, but it's like even just the delivery is quite soulful. It's strangely different and strangely non-weird. Not really that weird, mm-hmm. because most Ariel think things usually try to be a little bit strange or something like that. But no, just, not, just not a tad. Just a tad, yes. Um, it, does it have the same sort of production values as previous um, Ariel Pink type deals? It's yep. definitely not ridiculously lo-fi, but it's it's still it's still got that rough around the edges kind of home quality to it. No, I'm okay with that. It's not like the doldrums lo-fi. Yeah, I, I, I. Well, I mean, speaking of the topic we'll be talking about later in the show, um, that uh, I could not listen to that album uh, for the first you know couple listens through. You know, because just that that sound was, I did not like it at all. That super super lo-fi, airy, all like nothing, no meat on its bones sound. But it actually grew on me, and now I think Doldrums is one of my favorite uh, Ariel Pink albums. Yeah, it's an interesting sound. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty, pretty, uh, I don't know, gritty. I guess that's the right word. I, I, I sort of, but I mean, it's not like uh, it's not like offensively lo-fi, like a lot of tape hiss and stuff. It's just yeah, like it's... there's almost no sound there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's actually pretty weird, but it's it's I don't know. Uh, I remember I was I was exposed to Ariel Pink initially through Before Today, which I think was most people's first exposure to him, but um, or at least a lot of people's first exposure to him. But I remember I was confused by the lo-fi tag at first because I was like, oh, this isn't really that lo-fi. But then I heard, I went back a little bit and do his discography and I, I dabbled into some of the doldrums and some of House Arrest and I understood at that point. It really does sound like it was recorded, like there was like one mic put in the center of a room and that mic was like hooked up to a tape recorder not even actually. It sounds like you just put a tape recorder right in the center of the room and just recorded everything. You know, it's very lo-fi. Mm-hmm. But... Brr. I don't know. Is there anything? Lo-fi. Is there anything else more lo-fi? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty. Well, I stuff. mean, 
what what we were talking about earlier, the uh, eight kilobytes per second uh, Nutra Milk Hotel thing. Oh yeah, oh, of that course. Was, that, that's fairly left by, but I don't know what 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 would one could be considered the um the most lo-fi release ever. Ooh. I know there's probably uh, well, if you want to get like, you know, stuff. Hmm. I know I've heard some really really lo-fi stuff. I'm just trying to think what it what it would be. You know? Oh, I do have actually a good answer to my own question. Um, there's this band called High Rise, who are this um, Japanese psychedelic garage noise band, and um, uh, they they sound. I mean, in like that band Acid Eater, who I was talking about, they're in that same sort of uh, punkish garage psych. You know, it's got like Farfisa organs in it, and um, uh, it, uh, it it you know sort of harkens uh, a lot more authentically back to that uh, '60s sound than some other garage punk, but yeah. it's recorded so like brutally, intensely, loudly distorted that it 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 almost becomes noise music, and I think it's like well over some of the loudest albums ever produced. I mean, it's decibels higher than than most uh, like <laughs> your average CD. And uh, I don't know, it's impossible to listen to for songwriting values, but uh, it's fun <laughs> that it exists anyways. <laughs> it's fun that it exists. Mm-hmm. Well, that's <laughs> fun. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and besides uh, the, the, the Ariel, Ariel Lepinki, um the discussion of boredoms. Um, oh, yes. Yes, um, it it's got it got me listening to um, pop tatari or whatever it is, and um, super ai. <laughs> I think it's actually just super uh. Super ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Probably. that's what I think. I think that's what I said in uh, an interview. <laughs> I've always said super a, but uh, I guess I used, uh, I used to say that too, but then a friend of mine corrected me on it, so. I wish I had friends who could correct me on boredom's pronunciation. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah uh, Pop Tatari, I'll, I'll admit, has never been one of my favorite um, boredom's albums, but uh, Super Uh, I guess, is um, probably my favorite of the not-insane-noise-rock variety, of like the <laughs> post-rockish psychedelic era. of the Ah, book. post-rock! Ah, dude, I still think Kraut Rock is the better comparison, but, you know... It uh, is, but, I mean, it is sort of post-rocky. I, I mean... You, no, okay, I, I agree. I think post-rock is a decent one, too. I just, I just, I hear the Kraut Rock, you know? No, it, it is totally more Kraut Rock than post-rock, but, I mean, I guess it's more like Jap Rock, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I take... I don't know, I, I, I hear the... The whole thing that Kraut Rock does where they take an idea... And they make they make the sounds really dense. There's a lot of stuff going on, but mm-hmm. the structure's really minimalistic, so it just repeats like these similar ideas and it's almost just like a jam, but it doesn't really change and go anywhere. It just kind of like there's all these subtle changes, like, you know, uh, kind of cycling in and out, but they're not really making any big jumps. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I feel like that's what they did with with uh, Supra and Vision Creation New Sun. Um, like that first track. On Vision Creation New Sun, it's a 13 minute long one. Yeah. Um, that's a great song, first of all, but that one, you know, with that like guitar melody over the top, and it just, just repeats that rhythm. I don't know. I really love, I really love uh, music that's repetitive, but has a lot going on. Like, 
so that you're interested you can stay interested and explore all the stuff the subtleties of it and just kind of like dive in and like find all these new things you didn't find before and you have a lot of time in which to do that you know i think that's one thing i like about um those two boredoms albums because the for the earlier ones aren't like that at all obviously no like not even not even a little bit they're almost the yeah, polar they're like, opposite. They're like, yeah they're the complete opposite it's, just it's like 15, 15 second songs verse. and yeah yeah yeah, it's like it's like proto Naked City without the jazz, you know. And well, in fact, uh, Yamatsuka I was yeah. on Naked City, uh, yeah, guesting yeah. on a few tracks, including my favorite uh, Naked City track, Demon Sanctuary, which is just forty-one <laughs> seconds of perfection. <laughs> I didn't know you could have favorites. No, I I totally do. Believe me, I, I do. You just kind of put on the record, sit down, and and pray for your life. Funny story. <laughs> uh, this is a this is a. Um, I had a, I had a, uh, a math teacher in eighth grade who was, uh, I mean, like we, we bro down on some of the music that I listened to in, um, eighth grade. Like we both like Joe Satriani and Steve Vai and, you know, like the, the guitar players. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. But uh, I was getting into like free jazz and stuff like that at the same time. And I was a huge naked city fan. And, um, so, uh, we had this dude sleeping in our class and, uh, uh, I, I was like, uh, he was about to wake him up, and I was like, sir, let me handle this. And so he lent me his computer speakers, which we placed on either side of his head. <laughs> and it, I said, it, it was a one track. It was Demon Sanctuary. And uh, we just, like, turned it up really loud and played it. And he just, like, bolted up. Uh, <laughs> it was wonderful. That guy was oh. awesome. I wish I had him as a teacher again. He was a bro. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Wow, that's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I've never had any of those go to teachers, and best I had is one that liked Mars Volta. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> kind of. I had a friend who introduced me to Mars Volta in, like, the sixth grade. Uh, he, he was really cool. He also, that one guy, Chris, if you're listening, and I don't know why you would be, um, he also <laughs> gave me the soundtrack to Samurai Champloo, which oh, is... was it the Nujabes? Nujabes and stuff. Fat John, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was a huge Nujabes fan, still is, and uh, I, I credit him with introducing me to um, uh, all that cool instrumental hip-hop. He also gave me the Dust Brothers soundtrack to Fight Club, which I mm. listen to to this day. It's a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, you talked about that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going I, over our own topics. Yeah. I think, um, I think the uh, coolest teacher i had musically speaking was probably one who actually physically gave me a copy of disco volante by mr bungle when i was in eighth grade oh, uh, i was also a big mr bungle fan in eighth grade too yeah i was a huge mr bungle fan uh-huh. back then i mean i don't really listen to them anymore but i still i still have respect for, for their music no it's way too kind of hokey for me to still listen to yeah yeah so that's the right word yeah but, but yeah there actually i think i got into john zorn through being in the Mr. Bungle, because I... Probably me too, yeah. Patton was associated and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, we've discussed this before, but me and Danny uh, are pretty much the same person when it comes to uh, the way we used to listen to music as younger folks. Yes. And uh, like we were both like super into Primus, and then we were super into The Residents, and then yeah. we sort of shed that skin and started listening to a lot of Adult Swim instrumental hip-hop and stuff. <laughs> it, 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 the, the similarities are frightening. Yeah, it really is. Honestly, I've never really met anyone else with that exact same trajectory. But yeah, it was very odd. Like we just went to the same internet. 
I don't know. It was yeah. <laughs> the same internet. Being like, in the internet for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Being into the residence and and Primus too, but both of those bands, when everyone else just wasn't, was like quite possibly the weirdest thing ever. Like at, at that age, like socially, because mm-hmm. when I was in sixth grade. I remember being hugely into Primus and and like wearing like a Les Claypool shirt and like going around like, man, have you heard of Primus? All these kids are like, no, man, it's all about Green Day and Simple Plan. And that's all they'd heard of. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and I don't know. That was literally, I'm not exaggerating, the extent of rock music. Then it became just 50 Cent and Eminem. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was it. So I was alone. And then until seventh grade, I met some other weird Primus heads and residence fans somehow too. Um, this is a little pocket of my middle school. Um, and it was like I'd found home, but I spent like the entirety of elementary school just being like the outcast. I'm still kind of like, not really anymore as I'm not in high school anymore, but even in parts of high school, I was kind of the outcast musically, you know, but especially in elementary school. I mean, what kind of elementary school kid listens to the residence, you know? Like, none of them is the answer. It's sad, though. I think they all should. You know, we'd have a much more interesting <laughs> society. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Uh, <laughs> well, imagine being the, the 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 guy that listens to um Lords of Canada's freaking. <laughs> that's yeah. like that that's like a that's true. Yeah, that's like a cool sort of hip thing to be into, though. Resonance is just like. Uh, that, that's just like that your, weird your kid, kid with those the kid with the eyeballs on the t-shirt. Let's leave him. Yeah, off. yeah, I have that exact shirt. <laughs> I still wear that shirt uh, to this day, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I also had I also had a Primus shirt, which uh, got way too many wears than it should have. Um, although I was I took this sort of opposite route where I just like didn't talk to people at all about music. Like I had a Buckethead t-shirt that some pe- people would ask me about, and I would reluctantly tell them who Buckethead was, and yeah. then. Um, that that was the extent to which I would talk about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know that feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how were how were you in school, Nick? Yeah, I I can imagine you were sort of. Uh, were you, were you a popular kid, Nick? Um, I wasn't popular, but um, I was that guy that everybody knew. Everybody kind of nobody had any bad feelings against. Everyone kind of I, I, I like. Everyone liked, kind of thing. Kind of, okay. Hey, Nick. Hey, what's happening? And but I, I was, I was quiet, and I didn't really talk to anybody about music at all. Um, I still kind of don't. Um, I wear an Apex Twin shirt, and um, people ask me what it is, and I say, I don't know. I think the symbol looked cool. <laughs> wow, that's even lowlier than me. Good lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Oof, Give that's it up. brutal. Brutal. I honestly Brutal. think that social, or at least in my experience, social standing uh, in like high school, or just in school in general, but high school in particular, has always been like directly, or I guess, like, I don't know, negatively correlated with how much of a music nerd I've been. Like, at my most socially, uh, like, accepted and involved, I was into, like, electronic music and, like, you know, Warp Records stuff, but I was also, like, okay with a lot of crap. Like, I was okay with, like, Sublime. And, like, 
I listened to them a lot. Like, not, like, on my own time, really, but just, like, around people, like, just because it was, like, cool to listen to for a lot of people. And, like, I was okay with that. But now I would just, I would just probably leave, you know? Like, I just wanted to deal with it. <laughs> you know? And I'm realizing that, like, it's pretty much that you're either, on one hand, dealing with a lot of stuff you just don't like and not really discussing music with anybody and being, like, somewhat popular, at least, maybe. Or you're just a music nerd and you're just inside all the time on the internet. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm just on the internet all the time talking about music. It's you pretty great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> pretty awesome. I, right, I, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then people are like, well, you, you, you must be a computer freak or, or, or some sort of guy that knows a lot about computers because you're on the computer a lot. No, I'm just talking <laughs> No, I'm just on the internet. <laughs> that's all I'm <laughs> just on a music forum and this website called ratingmusic.com and that's about it <laughs> oh god wow, okay. well, let's, well let's talk a definitively sad term yeah <laughs> let's talk about how well let's talk about how uh, you know well uh, well developed and uh, social you were in high school Steve because I'm sure you were weren't you <laughs> oh, oh, you know it. Yeah. Uh, that's your that's yours of your life. Actually, um, on that um, putting up with music because other people play it uh, front. Uh, just wait till you guys get to college. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm in university, yeah. so yeah. I, I'm I, the only I, one who's not in college here. Yeah, I, I put yeah. it up. I put up with it. I've put up with. Yeah, and for me, it. it it slowly went from putting up with to kind of enjoying, um, which I guess could be taken uh, as a as a good or more likely bad thing. Uh, but you know, you kind of get into that mindset, and you get into you get some some alcohol in you, and it suddenly is not is not so bad. Exactly, <laughs> like I got winter. taught how to doggy. I got taught but, how to doggy, and let you. <laughs> yeah, and. and, and so suddenly, suddenly Kesha is uh, <laughs> yeah. is, is, is okay. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. that's that's what it was for me. Maybe is is I when I was okay with stuff like Sublime is when I was like you know like into like maybe I don't know like smoking. But since I quit like, like three years ago right. or so, I've not been able to tolerate that stuff. So it's like maybe that's it. Maybe as, I just as, as you should. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should just do drugs. That's the moral of the story. You heard, you heard it here first, kids. Do drugs. They'll, they'll make you fit in. They'll make oh. you fit in. They'll make you socially acceptable. Come on. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, that kind of stuff, when, when you're at a party, it, like, it becomes less about the music and more about the people you're with. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, 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 I, and, you know, I, I never begrudged my friends for their tastes in music um, in, 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 that kind of, uh, in that kind of setting. Yeah. And no, it's, like, it's, you know, it's like occasionally I try to sneak in the occasional, you know, something that wasn't too uh, out of the line. There's something different from when to listen to, like some uh, some Reichsop. I think I played. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, it's stuff like that. So, so you know, you you get that too. Um, that that you can try to do, try try to uh, initiate people into the into the blackest of black holes that is music nerddom. <laughs> um, There's no escaping. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, and, 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 and usually, usually they're smart enough to avoid it. You know, <laughs> most people are. Uh, but you know, you never know. And you can catch another another poor sap like us. Yeah, it's pretty easy to to be an elitist about those those people. But you know, it's like I've been thinking about it recently. It's like you know, most people just don't just don't care. Like they're not they don't yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't think music is like something to be like analyzed so deeply. And I think that's well, like that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like like we were just talking about before with, with the movies thing. You know, Austin listened to Primus when he was in the womb, and uh, but he just watches <laughs> old old monster movies, and then and, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah, and I'm sure movie a really elitist movie nerd might look at us and and stop yeah, exactly. not watching all the you know they 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 do on, on on the movie thread. It's true. There we go. Prometheus yeah. sucks. Yeah, <laughs> well, we are not getting in the lab. Evan, act- Evan-, <laughs> this isn't happening. Evan actually recorded a video of him turning his nose up at me, and and he sent it to me. It was shameful. So what's what's the what's the opinions on those? I haven't, hey, I haven't you, seen it. Can, can you forward that to me so like so I can watch it like later tonight by myself? Loop it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> iPod resting on your chest. All the sound turned off. Yeah, you know, if you could, like, after after we hang up, just, just hook me up with that. That's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> it was took a turn for the weird early. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, what were you saying, Danny? You, you had what seemed like a valid conversation topic. Uh, when was this? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I, I could be mistaken then. I may have. I was going to ask who... What's what's the what's the debate over Prometheus? Oh, I, I don't know. know. Do some people hate it and some people not? Or yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it boils down to. I guess uh, the, the the dude bros like it because it's like uh, sort of a deep action movie, and the um, uh, the the music the movie snobs sort of like it because it's you know sort of a deep type, you know, dude bro action movie. I don't know. I it see. seems. So you see, the problem the problem is here. Here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Is that it got a lot of hype, but it didn't just get a lot of hype. It got a, a lot of hype from nerds, and, huh. and as I'm sure we've we just demonstrated, nerds are the worst people. They suck. So, <laughs> so, so when so when they get so they when terrible a podcasts. they either really like something or b are really upset about something. Uh, there, there's kind of no in between, and mm-hmm. it just kind of uh, snowballs from there, and you get you get lots of of internet arguments. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what's happened with Prometheus. It's mm-hmm. that, uh, it's 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 a divisive piece of film. Um, and honestly, I walked out of the theater yesterday, not entirely sure why. Uh, but I, I, you know, upon further reflection, I can sort of see the the circumstances which which led up to it. Uh, but I think Latin itself is kind of interesting. The the reaction to Prometheus. Um, as much, if not even more so, than the than the film itself. Uh, but yeah, but I like the film. You know, just just yeah. just putting that out there. Mm. Yeah. I'll have to give it a shot. I don't know. It seems pretty cool. I yeah, like I, mean, big, I like big. It, it's machines. definitely a nice. It, it's a good like uh, sci-fi spectacle, which you mm. really don't see a lot of these days. Um, there really aren't a lot of movies being made like this. I mean, you could say for better or worse, but um, but I think it's it's definitely a uh, 
it's 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 a treat. It was a treat for me to see you know something like this on the big screen. Oh yeah, it was definitely good looking, but uh, just uh, uh, too many unanswered questions for me. That that's just, yeah. It, uh, it's it's a very it's a very well made movie, and and I'm not talking about the the script here, which is pretty much where the controversy lies. Uh, but just the, uh, the the technical and 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 direction and visual and all those components of it are absolutely spectacular. Um, it, it's it's a really competently put together movie. Again, I'm not including the script in this because uh, because that's the thing where the the other things come out of. Um, but the the other parts of it, I, I think uh, you'd have to be uh, blind. And, and deaf to not uh, admire in, in, in some fashion. Um, is Does Ridley Scott work on this one? He directed it. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I said Ridley Scott. I meant to say H.R. Giger. He did some of... Uh, I saw his name in the credits. He did some of the... I think, like, some of the visual design. Um, and, and, and you can tell in the way that, that things look. There's a very... Uh, his his uh, signature on a lot of that. I find that man adorable. I don't know. I, he's just there's something about him that just, just he, I like so much. He just he just really likes really likes the, the the penises and the vaginas and mashing them together and 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 there's a lot of that kind of good stuff. <laughs> it's in, like in, that in, in this film as well. That quote from uh, uh, Rushmore. It's you know find something you like to do and do it for the rest of your life. That's what I think H.R. Giger is doing. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. designing uh, very explicit. Uh, paintings, sculptures, and uh, movie special effects. Yep, based on based on the generals. God love them. Uh, so someone someone's got to do it. Uh-huh. And, and damn it, he he, he does. Nobody it. does what HR Geiger does better than Nobody. HR Geiger. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Geiger Geiger. I don't know. All I know is that he did the inlays for some. Uh, uh, Dead Kennedys albums that's I that I uh, recently found. <laughs> I know you. Oh. Yeah, I, I know what. Hey, huh? I'm, I I just know what you're talking about. Okay, that's all. <laughs> anyway, this is once again taking a turn for the weird. Um, <laughs> should move on. We do we who, who's next? We had Steve, and then was Nick. You were talking about what you Nick. Were you, were you uh, yeah? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm. I'm. I think I'm done. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, Danny, would you like to go? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I'll talk about Deltron Thirty Thirty. Ooh. Uh, there's no way that Steve and I are the only ones here. We're into that. I mean, it seems like exactly both of you, Nick and Austin, your kind of thing. No, I I, I listen to it. And I love it. Okay. Good. I've, I've, <laughs> I have not heard it. Oh my I've gosh! All right, all right. All right. All right. Here, here's uh, what we'll do. We'll make a deal with each other. If you listen to that album, I will listen to the Cannibal Ox album, and we'll pick a day. <laughs> we'll both do it, okay. and we'll come back okay. and we'll report our thoughts to each other. Because I feel like honestly, they're they're two sides of a similar coin. If that makes any sense, they're they're oh, both. Yeah, they're, there are definitely similarities between both of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I got both of those albums at the same. The, the thing with the Cannibal Ox album is that out of friend of mine. Who got me into hip hop? He gave me burnt copies of a bunch of albums. He gave me 
Deltron Thirty Thirty. I think he gave me Mad Villainy, some other Doom album. I think it was Doom Food. Um, gave me that Cannibal Ox album, um, a Mr. Lift EP, and some other stuff. And then the only thing I just didn't listen to all the way through for some reason was that Cannibal Ox album. I have no idea why, but that's why I just kind of feel like I really need to listen to it because I know I'm gonna love it. I just haven't done it yet, but. I feel like, you know, if you like that Kenwalks album, there's pretty much no way you will not like this uh this um Deltron thirty thirty album, especially since you like um that Doctor Octagon album. Okay, okay, right? yeah, yeah. Because uh yeah, I like it. <laughs> because what's his face? Dan Dan the Automator produced both of them, so Yeah. 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 I really should I <laughs> It's it's much like how you haven't listened to the uh, can can ox. I'm just it's it just haven't gotten around to it. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. It's understandable, but just uh, do yourself that favor, you know. And I don't you, like I like to talk this toss this guy another um shout out because the same dude who introduced me to Nujabes also introduced me to Deltron at around the same time, and for that I thank him. Yeah. Nice. That's definitely something you should be thinking like so bro. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that that album I I realized last night when I returned to it that it's definitely a 10 out of 10 for me. I don't know why it took me so long to to decide this, but um that and it's not only my second favorite hip hop album of all time under Mad Villainy only, but it's very close to being number 1. Very very close to being number 1. Yeah, I mean, I, I said this yesterday uh, after listening to it again. It's definitely my favorite uh, hip-hop album. Uh, I don't know if I'd give it a, a 10. Um, i definitely give it the, the strongest of nines, at least. I, I don't know if i call it quite a, a, a 10 in my book, but, oh, it is. So you're saying that there record. is no hip-hop album that is a 10 for you? Well... See, I'm I'm still very unschooled in in, in the in the and the hobbity. Um so uh, I think I'd like to be more well versed in it before I start throwing out tens left and right. Um, but if I were yeah. to give any you know hip hop album a ten, that that would obviously be at the top of the line, and it it, it probably is. I mean, I'm maybe if I listen to it a couple more times in the next few days. Uh, Whatever unspoken reservations I have will will dissipate. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the track, the track thirty thirty is a, is is a fucking eleven. Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely, man. I can't even express that song. <laughs> like, I have a question. Oh, God, when you, when you, when you, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh sorry, yeah, but uh, you on your uh, rate your music account, you gave late registration. 10 or five stars did is I? that yeah you did okay well i mean <laughs> oh getting called on your shit steve i'll remember my rate my music rate i, I do half of that when i'm drunk um <laughs> i mean I, I mean late registration is another one, one remember late registration is another one i'd give uh definitely a strong nine to uh i, I that, that's also a blair um yeah, just another hip hop album that I that I like a lot and that I've also listened to uh, a, a lot. Um, yeah, so, so I guess I, if I gave that one five stars on Rager Music, when Deltron, if I haven't already rated that, that also should 
is what should be deserving of of the same rating, if if not higher. Yeah, don't, don't shortchange Deltron, man. Yeah, well, well, way way to way to call me out like that in front of <laughs> in front of ones um, and tens of people. Uh, that's, uh, it's yeah. it's just a tad bit weird that you remembered that, Danny. I you know I have this thing where I remember little facts like that really easily. Yeah, you like, could probably, I don't probably name an album on either because I know Austin, you don't really rate anything on your rating music account, but either of you really guys, I could probably you could probably name an album and I could tell you you've rated it. But that's not like I'm not bragging about my memory because it sucks otherwise. I just really remember those things really well. It's kind of crappy actually. <laughs> you know, uh, it only comes into like it's literally only useful when you're. It, uh, talking to someone on a podcast. Yeah, I only remember the most useless things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was like that with Simpsons quotes. Like, I was just a walking encyclopedia of Simpsons references. And not <laughs> and not math or history. And, yeah, uh, yeah that worked out well yeah. for me. <laughs> Look where you are now. Yeah, on a podcast. <laughs> with other people mm-hmm. who can... Talk about music and the Simpsons. Um. Anyway, yeah, Deltron. No. What we were talking about. We were talking about Deltron. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah That's also. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's a ten for me, but it's definitely in the nines. And I also agree that uh, Late Registration is my favorite Kanye album. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that is. That was that had been my favorite for a while, and it probably still is. But I, I've come to really appreciate the ambition of my beautiful dark twisted fans, even if it is pretty inconsistent for me. Yeah, but I'd give I mean, them both I, eights. I love that album too, but I think yeah, I, yeah. I, was, I was definitely a lot more into uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, a, a lot more so right after it came out uh, that, that than I am right now. Mm-hmm. Like after it came out, that was in the nines for me. Right now, I'd probably put it in the eights. You know, mm-hmm. around there, still a really excellent album. I, I just kind of uh, softened on it a, a bit because, like you said, it does have some uh, some weaker points that yeah. uh, are are a bit more noticeable to me now. Yeah, but some really high highs too, though. Really, oh high yeah, highs. but can, can it can it get much higher? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. All 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 oh. all of the lights. Are on that album. I mean, it just has it just has so much so much power. Uh, I mean, it, it'll definitely. I think it'll definitely survive in America. Uh, I mean, it's not the kind of thing that's going to be lost in the woods. Uh, okay, you okay can I'm done. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that that was good. It's good. Yeah. 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 Uh, You haven't heard Deltron 3030. Do yourself the favor because this is the year they are coming back. It's gonna happen. Yeah, that album was released in. Yeah, I should actually probably mention what Sparkly listened to it again. It it came out in 2000, and they the project is is Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Who, if you really unfamiliar i'm sure you've at least heard on the song clint eastwood by gorillas because he's the rapper on that track um also, have you, Dan also, the have you played any uh tony hawk games oh, oh yes. yes you probably yeah. heard him that. that's actually how i found out about him or actually yeah. I don't no, know. me too maybe it was clint eastwood it was it was either clint eastwood or if you must but the both those two both oh 
You just said that, and it brought back so many memories of 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Dan the Automator, uh, producer, um, pretty seasoned producer, and then Kid Koala, um, uh, DJ. Um, he did the scratching, correct? Yes, he oh, did yeah, scratching. Yeah, his, his scratching is awesome throughout all. Yeah. Absolutely, but um, that they make up the trio, and you know, in a way, uh, this project was kind of proto Gorillas because uh, Damon Albarn is actually featured on a couple tracks, um, and one track in particular, um, which features you know the four of them, uh, was like kind of in a way like the first Gorilla song because Gorillas started out. I think the lineup was initially this lineup. It was Dell. Dan, uh, Kid Koala, and Damon. I could have that slightly wrong, but I, I believe I read that somewhere. Um, that was like the lineup before it kind of just became different. But that's why, you know, Dell is featured a couple times on the first Gorillaz album and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's great, really futuristic album. It takes place in the year 3030. Um, it's uh, kind of dystopian, I guess. Um, definitely very experimental for a hip-hop album. It's a cyberpunk um, hip-hop album. Yeah, so, in a way, actually. It's a pretty good way to put it. Production is absolutely fantastic. Totally. Um, but yeah, they're coming back, I guess, this year, finally, after promising finally. the follow to that album. They've been promising it. It's kind of like a Avalanche's Mad Villain D'Angelo kind of situation where they say they're going to release the follow-up and then they don't for years and years and I think it started in like 2007 they were like oh we have all the music finished you just need to record the vocals and then it just came you know kept delaying delaying and then finally they're touring or not touring they're, they're playing shows in, in Toronto I think uh, they played one last night with a live orchestra um, a symphony and, uh, even I think yeah the, the the rehearsal video they released from it was just like heartbreakingly amazing just to watch like i really yeah. want to be there i can't because i live all the way in california but mm-hmm. you know man it's just uh i'm even if the album honestly i'm pretty nervous about the album because dell's solo material for the past couple or a few years has been pretty lackluster yeah i was about um, to say it's been pretty like actually bad like i mean it's like i don't know his rapping has just gotten really like lazy uh, I remember he released an album in 2008 called 11th Hour, which was like pretty mediocre. And then he released another one in 2009 called Funk Man, which was free. And I actually saw him live that year. And he gave out, you know, copies of that album for free at that show. And throughout the course of the next couple of years, he kept releasing, you know, little albums like that, that I think many of which might have been free. I'm not sure, though. Um, and, you know, I couldn't help but get the thought that it was sort of a quantity over quality kind of thing like his solo albums before that were pretty solid for the most part and he only released one every few years but then he started oh, yeah. releasing bad ones like every year multiple a year sometimes even uh, starting in 2008 and i don't know i'm just hoping that he comes back for this one because you know regardless of whether or not it's good at least i am very curious to hear it because it's just i feel like it's it, it just needs to happen at this point but at the same time i really am not expecting it necessarily to touch the quality of the uh, first chapter. Basically. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm hoping him being being uh, teamed up with uh, Dan the Automator and, and the old crew again might revitalize him uh, a, a bit. 
Um, yeah. And one thing I will give Dell credit for uh, is that those three albums he released, uh, those are all over Bandcamp. And he's one of, I, th I think he's like one of the first artists I can remember actually having a Bandcamp and listening to an album on Bandcamp for. Because that was a couple yeah. of years ago. Like, uh, yeah, like 2009. Yeah. Yeah, and Bandcamp didn't get big until, you know, I don't know, the past couple of years, I think. Or something yeah, like that. It, well, I, I don't think it really exploded until uh, probably late 2010, like somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, that's um, accurate. So, so he was kind of an early adopter of that. And, and as someone who loves Bandcamp as much as I do, uh, you know, mad, mad props to him for that. Mm. But yeah, uh, he he's definitely been nowhere near his uh, his old days in terms of the in terms of the the skill and and the enjoyability for me. But yeah, yeah we'll see. I, yeah, it's pretty much a point where I just want Beltron Event Two to happen, just so yeah. I I don't have to just so it's like year of release on Rager Music isn't pushed back every year. It's like yeah, yeah. two thousand seven. Yeah. Yep. Up two thousand seven's over, so it can't come out now. I guess two thousand eight. <laughs> let's just keep doing that until we all grow old and die. Yeah, it's quite depressing, honestly. Mm. Yeah, but it should hopefully be finally coming, and then I can just be happy or disappointed. But it'll we'll have some closure. Yeah, least. exactly. Yeah. All right. Right. Uh, anything else you were listening to, Danny? Uh, yeah, just one more thing. Um, the album Absence by Dalek. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. It, oh my gosh, yes. It's one of those things I've been familiar with for, for a while, and I've heard some tracks from it, or I had heard some tracks from it, uh, or at least one track or so, a while ago, and I, I really liked it, but I didn't actually sit down with it, um, give it a good thorough listen until a few days ago, and man, I was just really blown away it's really honestly i mean this is probably the most uh i guess cliched description it's, it's gotten in all the reviews that i've read but people are i think rightfully calling it like shoegaze rap like yeah the production is really what makes it shoegazy like it's just really thick distorted noisy you know just heavy production but you know the vocals are still like up front, so it's not like the vocals are buried like you'd hear in like you know your My Bloody Valentine song or something. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's really really dark stuff. Um, the MC get a really like just gruff vocal delivery with um, a lot of like socially conscious and I think even a little bit of like maybe a few politically conscious raps. Um, but uh, definitely very experimental and something that really works well at night i'll give you that much but mm -hmm. um people often bring it up when they talk about death grips because yeah um, yeah that's what i always heard yeah that's yeah. what i was about to say like i've been meaning to listen to them because it they're been they've been getting those death grips comparisons and and i am a fan of the of the death grips we've discussed yeah. it yes <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the tag industrial hip-hop is becoming a thing now and people are going back and tagging all the daylight albums with this tag as well as death grips material mm -hmm. um so if we want to really solidify industrial hip-hop as a scene i suppose you could you could coin daylight as the pioneers of it um 
but yeah, I mean, it's great stuff. The production is absolutely fantastic. The, the MC is great. There's even like a couple instrumentals that are just like dark ambient noise, you know, explorations. And it's great. It's really just fantastic album. Uh, something I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I was like surprised to find out exists. It existed, and then I was yeah. uh, very, you know, pleased that it existed, and I enjoyed it a lot. It's cool. Yeah. It's like it's just like ambient noise hip hop. Like th- yeah. those are all those are three things that I like. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's three things that I really like. It's combined pretty exciting. One thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, I guess that leaves me to talk about what I've been listening to. Um, I, on the advice of you folks on the last podcast, uh, went and listened to. Well, I. I uh, I started about uh, 30 minutes before this podcast started, so I'm about, you know, three-quarters of the way through it. But um, that Cannibal Ox album, and, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, uh, the, this Good. is, I think, the one record I've listened to before Danny, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, finally got one got one on him. And uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like, uh, you, you weren't kidding. It's a very uh, well-crafted, uh, nicely produced, uh, insightful awesome uh hip-hop it's just super solid album uh from the you know 30 minutes of it i've heard and um that speaking of uh speaking of underground hip-hop songs that were in tony hawk games i'm almost positive that that song iron galaxy was in one of them or i could i could be wrong but um uh, i know i've heard that song somewhere no it it was in tony hawk's underground oh it was yeah i think it was like the menu theme or something uh, but I, I definitely recognize it from that. Okay, yeah, I wasn't crazy then. That's that's good. No, most definitely. Mm. Um, I think that actually a Teltron song was on that soundtrack too. Positive I, yeah. contact. Mm. But uh, um, anyway, uh, yeah, I it was super awesome. I enjoyed it quite a lot, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to listening to it a few more times in the future. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta listen to it more too because I only heard it, I think, like two weeks ago, uh, for for the first for my inaugural listen. But yeah, yeah, some, uh, some more of them good hip hops. It was another of those albums that I was surprised to find out it existed and it slipped by me uh, for so long, like that Dalek album, and um, it was like, oh, it's cool that this exists when I finally listened to it. RYM is good for that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, right. I've been getting into LP. That's why I kind of checked it out. Um, right, like he the whole has Killer some Mike and his, Yeah, and um, no, he produced the whole thing. Um, yeah. Because LP um, released a solo record this year, which I um, which I've been um enjoying. Um, it hasn't made my loved list, but I've I've definitely been enjoying it. Um, Mike Grammys. Um, and I've also been enjoying the Killer Mike. I haven't been loving it, but I've been enjoying it. Um, so that's kind of what prompted me to check out um. Cannibal Ox, as well as um, LP's earlier solo work. Yeah. Right, yeah, I, the same here. I've just started listening to LP. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same position. I like Cancer for Cure. I don't love it. Uh, Killer Mike, I was actually about to listen to today, but I didn't get around to it. Um, I really like uh, LP's previous album, uh, the one before Cancer for Cure. Uh, I forget what it's called. 
but that one I enjoyed a lot. Because I had a couple songs in there that kind of gave me a sort of Deltronish type vibe. Uh, again, with the uh, dystopian uh, cyber, cyberpunk hip hop. Is this sort of uh, Candlebox we're talking about? Uh, no, this is, um, uh, this is the LP. Um, yeah. oh, I'll sleep, I'll sleep, sleep dead, dead, right? I'll sleep yeah. under dead, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, that, that one I liked a lot. Uh, definitely more so than Cancer for Cure. Uh, that, that that I might love. But did you did you not like Cancer for Cure or? No, I like it. Um, I I I'm just not really in love with it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't given it that many lessons, but. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah say- LP's pretty consistent. Quite consistent, actually. Yeah, I think so. Go ahead, Austin. Uh, I will say that uh, uh, LP has one of my favorite mustaches in the music business currently. <laughs> and it's like sort of a '70s throwback thing, to, you know, like the Burt Reynolds style, which I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of. He wears it well. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Thing is, what I love about LP is not he's only is he a great producer; he's also a great um, MC. Like you, yeah. one one's usually better than the than. If if they're both, they're usually either an MC first or a producer first. He seems to take both duties almost as equally as each other, and they, he does both of them really well because he's, he's he has great wordplay and great um great flow, so on and so forth. But he's also a really cutting edge producer when it comes to um, producing, and really creates really dense and intricate and original soundscapes for hip hop. Who do yeah, you guys? Absolutely. Oh yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, absolutely. I think one of the only few uh, people to really rival that in terms of the, you know, kind of uh, killer combo of both is uh, like MF Do- or Doom, I guess now. Um, yeah, but he hasn't really. What has he been done in the last five years, really? Speaking of consistency, yeah. Well, Born Like This was okay. I thought Born Like This was easily Doom's worst solo album under his own name, yeah. but it still had some good stuff on it. I didn't hate it at all. I thought it was still pretty solid. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Doom recently, recently hasn't done anything. I don't know what's up with them, honestly. So I hope he's not, like, done. I mean, there's still that fabled Mad Villain 2, which probably will never happen, ever. Nope. So nope. Fabled <laughs> Ghostface Killer collaboration, which will probably also never happen. I don't. I have more uh, hope for that one, but um, I could see it not well, happening, go- yeah. Ghostface said he's got his, his like his rhymes and the production done. All he needs is waiting is is, is just is just waiting on um Doom. <laughs> yeah, that's the frustrating part. <laughs> you know, it's like it seems like everyone around Doom really wants to do stuff. It's just Doom is kind of like Nah. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same thing with, with Mad Villainy. I mean the whole Mad Villainy uh, remix album that exists because Mad Lib was like, oh, I really want to do more Mad Villain, but Doom this is just not. This is the most infuriating thing because, you know, you know, you all know me. I'm a huge Mad Villainy fan, and one yeah. half of Mad Villainy wants to do Mad Villainy 2 so much. Like, he desperately wants to do it so much that he made a remix album with the first one. Like, yeah. and then there's the other half who just doesn't care enough to do it, uh, which yeah. is like... Oh god! It's so close to happening if just one thing would give, but no, it doesn't. Yeah, they <laughs> just like well, I made one perfect album. Yeah, I think that's enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is. A, this I mean, is... I guess technically that is kind of enough if you think about it. Like, I can't really fault someone 
for making a perfect album. album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But still, I mean, I, I, I'm agreeing. <laughs> you should make music. more perfect albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, this is a, a, I guess, sort of a good topic. Who do you think is the best, um, like, producer MC double threat currently going, or, you know, in all history? I think Madlib and, or MF Doom is probably a good. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, I think um, Madlib is probably a better producer than Doom. I mean, Doom has great, great beats, but Madlib is just kind of untouchable. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Doom's easily a better rapper. I mean, Madlib's okay. Like, I, I can appreciate his rapping, and I really love Quasimodo. But like, he's not like, you know, a complete essential rapper that's going to go down in the books as like one of the greatest of our time. But, like, True. he's good, but you know. The thing is, the the balance of the two is one of the things that makes Doom so fascinating, and LP as well. Um, and you know, I don't know who else is there. I mean, Big Crit is not to that level in my opinion, but he's still pretty good. Yeah, he's good. Um, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not like I like Big Crit. I'm not like a total fanatic, but yeah. he's good. Yeah. He's solid. Um. Yeah, it's weird. I, I thought there would be a, a bunch in my mind, but I'm having trouble thinking of yeah, them. Yeah, I don't know. There aren't as many as you'd think, honestly. Uh, a lot of the ones who do kind of just like rap and also produce, uh, like like Nick said, just kind of rap like on the side almost or produce on the side. You know what I mean? Like I it's guess, never like it's not often a really even balance between the two. Yeah, I guess Shad does both of his. I know he does the production on his, a lot of his stuff, and uh, of course he raps on it, but. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. That's the only one that's popping to mind very, very you know quickly. Yeah. Oh. I'll have to think sure about that. Some. There's probably some pretty obvious ones we're just really doing someone a disservice by not mentioning, but yeah, you know, whatever. What can mm-hmm. I do? Well, I mean, there's Kanye. Oh, of course, that's a huge one. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a better producer than he is a rapper, personally. But I, I'd um, agree too. But I, but I also think he's a pretty darn good rapper um yeah uh, yeah he a, is, a he significant is. portion of the time yeah yeah well i, I just thought of a good one um rizza oh, oh that's true. Yeah. RZA. yeah yeah duh <laughs> that's kind of like a, a huge one i don't know how i missed yeah. it but yeah um that's definitely a good one how did i mention uh, chad before rizza that's bizarre <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, I mean, uh, technically, even Jay Dilla, even though Jay Dilla was much more of a producer than he was a rapper, he still rapped. Yeah, I feel uh, guilty. I've never listened to that J Lib album. Yeah, I've listened to some of it. It's pretty solid. Definitely not like yeah, you know, it's not like a incredible, but it's 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 solid. Definitely not like a major disappointment or anything. That's good. Yeah. Uh, um, I, sh- I should probably move on. We've been we've been talking for quite a while. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, yeah. what else I've been listening to this week is um. I don't know, I've been just, you know, listening to more Harsh Noise, which I've talked about on last week's episode, too. Um, I listened to, I, I guess, Nick, you've listened to this, Merz Beat, which is the Merz Bow album, yeah. you know, crazy, distorted, you know, uh, percussion, percussion, and uh, a lot more sort of um, uh, accessible sampling than his normal stuff. Like, there's, like, odd percussion and, like, sort of string sampling, I guess. And uh, it, it comes together more like a sound, sound collage album than a harsh noise album, at times. And uh, yeah, I I enjoyed that. That was a that was a it was a fun listen. <laughs> yeah, it's 
I tried I tried to listen to it almost like as a way to get into Mers Mersbell's discography, but yeah. I, it's it's still I think it's still a little bit too much for me. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. Um, Have you uh, ever listened to Kazumoto Endo? Uh, oh, no, I haven't. Um, that name sounds familiar. Is he? He's like has the highest rated noise album on RYM. Does he not? Highest rated harsh noise album on RYM. Thanks, nerd. <laughs> so, it's a, a very important was, distinction. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, you should be aware it, of it. Yeah, <laughs> not not to be nitpicky. <laughs> no, know. no, please. I would have corrected anybody else if I had uh, known who he was. Um, <laughs> yeah, what what's that album called? Um, oh, it's called While You Were Out. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I've heard everybody says like this is the best harsh noise album ever made. Yeah, it is actually. I haven't listened to it all the way through. It's just, I haven't felt sadistic enough to do that yet but it is from what i've heard definitely quite harsh first of all and you know i don't know it's interesting i mean the thing is what he does is he uh he kind of like brings in elements of like sound collage in a way like you can hear little like breaks of like disco in there like just kind of like harshly like just kind of thrown in there like i don't know it's really weird it's it's a Definitely a pretty strange album, but from what I heard of it at least. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's something you should give a shot. It's it's weird, but I think you'll like it if you like Mars. So. I don't know what it is with these Japanese people, but they it's just like so much of harsh noise music comes from Japan. Like well, the, that's why uh, I love J- Japan. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the the Gaoriji J and Mersbao <laughs> Masona, and I guess this. Um, uh, Kazumoto guy, the inca- incapacitants, and uh, there's yeah. just so many of them that are Japanese, and I don't know what about their culture makes them so susceptible to this type of music, but <laughs> it's very interesting that so much of it comes from there. Well, that's the thing I love about Japan, Japanese music, is that they somehow can make the most harsh and abrasive and impenetrable music, yet also make the most sugary, light, like, poppy music. You know, and I don't know. It's a really, it's a really weird dichotomy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the kind of music that makes you want to vomit. Both spectrums. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's very bizarre. And I, I, Thurston Moore was talking about this when once when he was hosting um, 120 minutes uh, back in the mid 90s, I guess. And um, he's saying that uh. A lot of bands like um, Sonic Youth being one of them would go to Japan and, you know, they played, you know, what was called noise rock. And yeah. um, uh, I guess he said that a lot of Japanese people latched on to, like, the most noisy elements of that and, like, interpreted it into Japanese, like, uh, insane harsh noise music from yeah. Japan. And it, it's really, like, so bizarre that so much harsh noise music comes from there. And, like, I guess yeah. Japan, I guess, I don't know too much about it and i'm probably offending someone by saying it it's it's like a culture that i guess it's based on tradition a, a lot i guess and it's it's bizarre that something so uh a traditional would come from japan so much yeah uh, well, uh, i don't know it, it is interesting yeah I, I don't know exactly what would be the uh the cultural and or historical basis of that uh if there is any but yeah lots of uh Lots of, lots of noise 
coming from come from the far east. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was well, I was waiting for the the Japanese, um, uh, you know, professor here to huh. Huh. come in and. <laughs> he took one semester semester Japanese. Why why is, why, why aren't you qualified? Two semesters. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, apologies. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, would you have any in- insight into that, um, uh, Steve? No, honestly, uh, I mean, what I know of Japan's history and culture, I got from an art history course. Um, so I know very, very little um, and nowhere near enough that I could make any kind of uh, possible uh, or formulate any kind of sensible hypothesis for, for why they like why they like noise music. Um I guess for the same reasons we like noise music, maybe. I don't know why it's so pervasive, but um, yeah, I think if you look into most countries, you'll kind of find a a similar kind of spectrum in in what's being produced. If you look hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um. Uh, that's about that's about all I had. Oh, um. Also, this is this is something I know you can uh, speak uh, proficiently on, Steve. Um, the Final Fantasy X soundtrack, which I am currently about twenty hours into right now, and I figured it's a cool soundtrack, so I pick it up, and it's 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 very good. It's one of my favorite Final Fantasy trans- soundtracks that I've listened to. You know, I actually have never listened to Ten soundtrack all the way through, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's because I've never played Ten. Uh, I, I never, I never owned a PS2. Right. So, so that kind of didn't happen when it came out. Um, and it, it just kind of never really interested me, uh, as a Final Fantasy game. Um, I mean, I did end up playing 12, uh, last summer. I enjoyed that a lot. And I, I guess I'll get around to 10 someday. But I, I do know that was, uh, Uematsu's, um, last, Sort of tra- traditional Final Fantasy soundtrack before he kind of went off to do his own things in other games. Progressive, progressive metal, I think, is what he's doing now. Yeah, he's got his. Uh, he's got the I forget because he had the Black Mages for a while and they did mm-hmm, their yeah. their metal thing, and he's got he's got a new group now. I forget what their name is, but uh, yeah, I think they put on an album last year that was that was kind of kind of pretty nice. Uh, yeah, but it's just like uh, a lot of it's based on um, uh, just like simple piano stuff, and I like there's some orchestration, but um, uh, a lot of like solo piano ballads and um, like uh, choral hymns and stuff. I know it's a it it's just whatever fits into the context of the plot of the game, and right, um, I don't know. It's it's a lot of I mean it's a Final Fantasy soundtrack. It's great melodies and everything. I don't know. Oh, I just yeah. uh, I enjoy it a lot. Oh yeah, one of I mean, what my favorite thing about those old Final Fantasy soundtracks is, you know, kind of the the diversity of the the songs and the sounds and the genres that you'd find in them. Um, but yeah, I mean, my two favorites are the uh, seven and eight uh, soundtracks. I those are, I have seven lined up to play next. I even have it downloaded and everything. Um, would you consider that your favorite? Probably. I mean, you could. You might be able to chalk a lot of that up to uh, nostalgia. 
That's what everybody uh, I, says, yeah. I, I'm not sure, but I but I do think it is also, uh, by its own merits, a uh, legitimately one of the uh, most inventive and most consistent video game soundtracks. I mean, <laughs> do you doubt him? All right. No, no. I was just, test lad. I'm, I'm pitchfork. Andrew WK is giving a motivational speech at a My Little Pony convention. Oh god, oh, that's, that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that, that's old, man. That that like dropped three hours ago. Good oh Jesus, <laughs> that's the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, all that 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 Pinkie Pie sure loves the party, and so does Andrew WK. So it's like you know, like peanut butter and jelly. They just they just belong together. Oh god, Andrew WK, you're an enabler. <laughs> WK is one of my favorite people. He's just, he's Christ 2.0. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> he just I I can't say anything bad about Andrew WK. I like I I physically cannot say anything bad about him as a person. <laughs> I mean, his music's kind of shitty, but that's about all. No, and not even that. I don't I don't like... even care about that because 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 it's Andrew because it's Andrew WK. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that the an album that initially got a 0.4 on the rating on Pitchfork got into the top 200 albums of the list. <laughs> of the, of the uh, decade, the yeah. Decade. 0.4? Yeah. So, like sure. that, yeah. Pitchfork hates fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was it was given by um Andrew Shri- um, Ryan Schreiber as well. Andrew Schreiber. Oh, what? That's you know, me. I'm curious. The, the reissue of that album, the 10-year anniversary... Is being released on July seventeenth, so I'm curious to see really? how they score. Oh, yeah. they yeah, they got to do a re-review of that. Oh, that's yeah, that's going to be a fun one to. Yeah. Because I don't know. I mean, in in a, in a way, I feel like they're they're turning around on it. Was they're realizing that they weren't supposed to take it as seriously as they took it? You know. How can you not? I feel like. I feel like they took it 100% literally when they when they gave it that really low score. Oh yeah, and, uh, they get realized, that oblivious. Well, this work we're talking about. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, that that and you know, Andrew W. I mean, no one else did that around Andrew W.'s K time, so like that wasn't at all relevant. You know, no one was fucking making that kind of ridiculous party rock. Uh. And so, yeah, that's that's the kind of thing Pitchfork lives to, to hate. Um, huh. But yeah, no, I I legitimate I I like I get wet, unabashedly. Uh, yeah, I, I like it somewhat abashedly because I I because I like to party hard. Mm-hmm. This is pretty party much hard, what it comes party down hard, to. Party hard, party hard. <laughs> And I think I think I think everyone should like should should want to party hard or party as hard as Andrew WK. At, at least that's one of my life goals. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's something I can I can work towards. Uh, it's, it's like, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, speaking of Andrew WK, um, there was this interview with him on a podcast I like, and uh, he actually came out of sort of a uh, harsh noise. Well, not exactly harsh noise, but like. I think it was sort of like a death metal type scene that he was in, and um, mm-hmm. uh, like he, like 
even in the face of that, he was still like a relentlessly positive person. But um, like he said, that was like uh, very influential on him, like the 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 black metal and the uh, noise music that he listened to a lot when he was in his uh, like late teens, I guess. And uh, I don't know, he's just like a very sort of well-rounded person musically, and uh, dude, dude has fun. Can't mm-hmm. can't can't knock him for that. I I will never begrudge anyone for for partying. Mm-hmm. Least of all Andrew WK. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew WK. Uh... Yes. <laughs> uh, that that I that okay. Nick's wrap up noise indicating that this episode is probably coming to an end. Uh, I I we we probably we had a topic plan, but I feel like we probably don't need to go into it. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> I think I think we spent more than enough time on whatever other bullshit we've been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh, uh quick uh goodbye uh everybody out there in internet. Uh we wish you a fond farewell and best of luck in your future endeavors and uh from all of us here at your podcast opinion is wrong. Um Goodbye and good night. Uh, this is Austin saying fairly well. Don't drink and drive, kids. Party hard. Don't drink <laughs> and drive. Party hard. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and we're knocking more, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. um, I don't have anything clever to say. Well, that's, that's frighteningly obvious. Um... <laughs> Uh, alright, uh, of course I just stay. Um, everybody, fairly well, um, I believe it's been a good box.